In today's show, we look ahead to Thursday, the first day back from the All-Star break in the NBA, what we're watching for, streaming options, and of course, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Fangio Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fangio.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's look ahead to Thursday. We've got four days left this week. This is the first one of them. Who are we streaming in? Who are we streaming in for the rest of the week? Um, what we're watching for in these games where a lot of people who are injured are coming off the injury report. So a clean belt bill of health for a lot of teams. So warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first game. It is the Celtics and the Pacers. The Celtics are eight and a half point favorites here. And at the moment, there is nobody on the injury report for either team. So we are going to get to see a very interesting Celtics lineup. The last time we saw this team healthy, like this, Derek White came off the bench and played under 20 minutes. Now, he's been dominating, but Marcus Smart is back. Al Horford's going to play. Rob Williams is going to play. Jalen Brown's going to play. Everyone's available. Do they keep Rob Williams on the bench? I think it's a possibility after whatever nonsense that was before the break where he played 13 minutes in that game. Or do they move White to the bench? Somebody is moving to the bench, and somebody is getting their minutes cut. If you were streaming in Grant Williams, you move on from him. This could be a drop for Rob Williams. It could, it, well, probably not for Rob Williams. It could be a drop for Derek White. It could be a drop for Malcolm Brogdon. There is a lot to watch here, and we do want to see how the White, Williams, Horford, Brogdon situation plays itself out. If you've been holding Sam Hauser, we're obviously get, getting rid of him. He literally might not play a single minute on a healthy team. So a lot is changing for this Celtics team versus what we saw before the break. On the Pacers side of things, they're also healthy. Does that mean we have any clue as to what they're going to do? No, it doesn't. Will they go back to Daniel Tice as the backup center? Probably. So Isaiah Jackson most likely doesn't play. TJ McConnell started the last game and then got benched at halftime. I really doubt he's going to start this game. So we're back to Nembhard starting. What does that mean for Nuora? What does that mean for Duarte? What does that mean for George Hill? Who gets the minutes? What does it mean for Benedict Matherin, who's been getting good minutes most of the season? I wouldn't say he's been a good player from a fantasy perspective because he hasn't. He hasn't been a top 150 guy. He's barely been top 200 for big stretches of the season. But on a fully healthy team, is he 32 minutes or is he 23 like the last game? And in 30 minutes, can he do anything that's not scoring? There's a lot to work out with this Pacers team, and I fear that we're never going to get real clarity on it the rest of the season. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forward with this squad. Pistons magic. The Pistons, uh, or the Magic, sorry, six and a half point favorites. The only guy that is currently out at the moment or is unlikely to play is Marvin Bagley. I've got him listed as doubtful. Nerlens Noel won't play, but that's whatever. Who cares? Um, Bagley is doubtful. He did do some practice. I think he's more likely to turn on Saturday. I don't even know whether he's a part of the rotation or not, but we'll find out. And then for Orlando, they are clean as well. Great. No one injured. Awesome. So 
Cole Anthony's not on the injury report. Cole Anthony missed the last couple of games, but he's not on the injury report. So just clearing that up. Yeah, he was hurt. He's fine now. So does RJ Hampton, who is now on the Pistons and on the Magic, does he play? He's recently signed with them. Does he get minutes? And if so, is it over Corey Joseph? Probably. But does he impact Alec Burks, Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey? What do they do with him? And then what happens with the big man, the passport legend, Jalen Duran? First game with Duran and Wiseman, it was a minute split right down the middle. Now, there was some foul trouble. Well, no, was it? No, it was an ankle tweak for Duran. That's what it was. He tweaked his ankle. He's off the injury report. He should be fine to go. So is it 24-24, which would be a disaster for the Pistons and for Duran's value? Or is it 28-20, which is still not great for Duran. I'd like him to play 30 minutes a night. But watching that is one of the biggest things we're watching for on all of Thursday. For the Magic, what do they do with Jalen Suggs, who can have some big games, and he has had some recent pretty good performances. 29 minutes last game, he's been over 20 for five straight games, but what happens with Anthony back? Does Cole play under 20 minutes? Does Suggs play more than Gary Harris? Suggs probably needs 30 for me to be a 12-team league player. And then I also watch Franz Wagner, because... This is bold and it's not real, but I am a little bit worried about France that when we hit fantasy playoffs and you've got to be do or die, that he might be a drop. He isn't. Don't drop him. Don't drop in 10s or 12s or 14s, nothing. Don't drop him. But usage has been trending down. Efficiency has been down. I worry a bit that if you're in a 10 or a 12, that in fantasy playoffs, if he's still in this slump, he might become a drop. Don't I'm not I'm not saying that he is. Don't drop him. But we just want to watch to see if he can get some of that form that he showed earlier in the season. See if he can get some of that back. Nuggets Cavs is the next game we look at. Cleveland are two and a half point favorites here, and there are quite a few players out here. Aaron Gordon is out, Zeke Naji is out, Colin Gillespie's out. Ricky Rubio is out. But in the good news, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, is back. He missed the last six games with a knee problem, but he is back and ready to go. Reggie Jackson is questionable, so we'll see whether he fits into the rotation. But with Aaron Gordon out, who is the guy that they start? Is it Bruce Brown? And they shift Michael Porter Jr. up to the power forward spot? Or does Vlaco Chanchar start, who'd been starting in place of um, Gordon the last three games? But that's because Brown was starting in place of Jamal Murray. Chanchar had been getting 24 minutes minimum over the last three games, and that gave him like 16 team value. So I assume they go back to Bruce Brown, but it could be Chanchar. So we watch that one. For the Cavs, with Danny Green arriving last game, we saw Isaac Okoro's minutes plummet. He went from 37 down to 19. That's not great for his value. Is he going to be a 20-minute-a-night player now? Because that it takes him out of even 16-team league discussion. I also want to watch Evan Mobley because... Minutes have been huge, 37, 36, 38, 36, really pushing up into some large minutes for Mobley. Um, but also we've seen some signs of him pushing usage up as well. I think that next season he might actually be able to be a top 30, top 25 guy. Finding that usage with Garland and Mitchell around is tough, but he's showing signs of being able to do it. So let's see if there's that progression in his game, which I, I do think can come and I do want to watch. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even threes drained. Let's have a look at these first games coming up for the NBA. 
um, on Thursday for Fangio. All these odds that I've got on the screen are um, Fangio odds, as, as you've seen them. So if we go into, let's say, that last game we looked at, the Nuggets and the Cavs. The Nuggets are two and a half point underdogs there. But if we look at first basket odds, Donovan Mitchell is the favorite there. I think Jared Allen at plus 700 looks interesting though. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a gamble, but he's going to be on the court. Easy putback, lob, pick and roll. There's a little bit there for Jared Allen at plus 700. Vangel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay as well. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangel.com slash locked on. That's fangel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment Moment War with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Grizzlies in the Sixers. Philadelphia are four-point favorites in this game. Um, we've got no Stephen Adams. He still remains out with that knee. I think he'll be out at least this week, maybe next week. And the Duck, Luke Kennard, is out with an illness. So he won't play Thursday. He should return on Saturday. With Kennard out, you get a few more minutes for Tyus Jones, who, with Kennard there, had played only every minute that Morant didn't play. That's it. No crossover minutes at all. You'll get a little bit more from um, uh, from Lil John Concha. Okay! And maybe a little bit more from Dylan Brooks, but probably not. For the Sixers, their injury report is clean. Great news. On the Grizzlies, what we want to watch, it's Brandon Clark. Look at these minutes. 21, 16. Here we go. Let's, let's go through this. 18, 17, 21, 16, 25, 19, 23. Yeah, all shithouse. And then 31. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, we theorize against bigger centers. They don't want to play him. So they go up against Walker Kessler, one of the biggest, and he plays 31 minutes and was really good. So I have no idea what to expect against Joel Embiid. Do they go back to Xavier Tillman? T. Illman? I actually think they probably will. But I don't know. There's no pattern. There's no common sense with the rotations they do. They play Clark against small guys. They play him against big guys. They sit him against both. I don't know what they're going to do. I'd rather Clark over Tillman, but there's a real chance that he gets gobbled up by Embiid here. I also wanted to Dylan Brooks because, I don't know, <laughs> just to see whether there can be some level of competence, efficiency, where his minutes and his shots go. But realistically, we're not using him in 12-team leagues. D'Anthony Melton for the Sixers. What do we make of his minutes? Well, it's almost like Brandon Clark. I don't know what to make. Melton's minutes, 19, 14, 21. Ugh, gross, yuck. And then 34. Oh, okay. So what is it? Which is it? Where do we go with this? Yeah, that 34 minutes gives him a reprieve where you can hold. But if he goes back to 20 minutes here, what the hell do we do? In a points league, I don't think you need to worry about it. His value is not high enough. In a category league with 30 minutes, he's a clear must roster player. But I don't trust that. And... We also want to watch the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Because Harris is trending downwards really quickly. I want to watch his minutes. They were 35 last game, but he'd been under 30 the two prior to that. But shooting numbers are down. The defensive stats, which are so high early in the season, are down. His usage is down. I think the most likely thing to stay down that low is usage. And he might actually trend towards being a drop as we move forward here as well. Pelicans. Raptors. The Raptors are five-point favorites in this game. We know that um, Zion Williamson is out. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. But both Dyson Daniels and Larry Nance are listed as probable. So where does Daniels fit into the mix? Does he play over Josh Richardson? Do they try and force him into the rotation more? Because that impacts Alvarado. It impacts Richardson. It impacts Jones. We'll see where Daniels fits there. Well, for the Raptors, Gary Trent is off the injury report and Ananobi and Thad Young look like they're going to play. So we're, we're going to be okay in terms of injuries. So basically full health 
outside of Zion for both of these teams. For the Pelicans, I do want to see what happens with Josh Richardson. He played 18 minutes last game, was ejected with 10 minutes to go in the game. So he could have got 28. I don't think he would have, but he could have. But adding Daniels back into this mix makes me think there's no way that Richardson plays 27 a night, even with Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, if they can get their full minutes, because last game Murphy sucked and had minutes reduced. I don't think Josh is a 12-team league player, but let's get another piece of data in as to what his role is. I also want to watch Trey Murphy, because he stunk last game. I think he is still a 12-team league player, but he's only really a back-end guy with relatively limited upside because of the way he gets used. On the Raptors, Yucca Pirtle, to me, last game we saw him 37 minutes. Is he going to get nursed? And by nursed, I mean play gigantic minutes because that is massive. I think we're probably more 30 to 34 versus 36 to 39, but 39 would be amazing. But then who loses out? Well, it's obviously Precious Achua. It's obviously Chris Boucher who it drops, but somebody else is going to miss out. Is it Gary Trent or is it OG Ananobi? Which one comes off the bench? Does Trent, who was playing 37 minutes a night before he got hurt, does he play now 29 off the bench? Does Ananobi, who was playing, of course, 37 minutes a night, does he play 29 minutes coming off the bench? Who do they prioritize? You start OG, then your shooting goes way down. You start Trent, and then you lose that perimeter defense. So it is a big question, and I'm very intrigued to see how Nick Nurse handles it. Spurs and the Mavs. We got some updates on both of these teams with injuries. Devin Vassell remains out. Trey Jones is doubtful. Romeo Langford, who's been questionable basically every single game for three weeks, is out again. Um, Isaiah Roby is out. Ken Birch is out. And Jeremy Sohan is also on the injury report. Zohan, now! This team is going to be a disaster with injuries and sitting and resting uh, all the rest of the season, I think. I think it's going to be a complete, absolute disaster the rest of the way. Um, for the Mavs, in terms of injuries to them, Kyrie missed um, the glass game before the break. He's off the injury report. Timmy Hardaway is off the injury report as well, um, while Davis Bertans and Maxi Kleber still remain out. Remember, Kleber said he was going to come back before the All-Star game, and it made no sense given the, the severity of his injury. I thought initially he wouldn't be back till end of March. Well, we'll see what happens, but he still remains out here. So what we want to see on the Spurs with Jones out, with Langford out. Where does Branham go? Branham is a guy that's probably going to play 29 minutes a night. I'm not convinced that he's a must-roster category league guy rest of season, but for now, go for it. He just lacks in a lot of different areas at this point, but there are there is improvement that can come, so we watch that. We also watch Zach Collins. I think he's a must-roster player pretty clearly, but watching Zach Collins in the minute split between him and Goldfinger Charlie Bassey, who is, by the way, a 14-team league guy, Charles Bassey, um, and it might even be a 12-team league player, so watching that is interesting. While for Dallas, Josh Green's been dropped in a lot of spots, Let's see his minutes, because they went 40, 38, 37, 38, and then played 29. And then at 29, Hardaway was out, and Kyrie was out. So now Hardaway is back. Where does Green go? If he's a 30-minute-a-night player, you don't want anything to do with him in 12-team leagues. He probably does need 37 to be a, or 35 to be a 12-team league player. I'm not really sure he's going to get that, so he is very much on the borderline. Also, watch Christian Wood. The crucifix hasn't played over 23 minutes since he returned from his injury. Kyrie is back. Do they keep him at 23? Do they play him at 27? Does he go back to under 20? Under 20, Christian Wood's not a 12-team league guy. So we want to get more information. But if this pattern stays the same of him being a bench guy getting 20 minutes a night, then that's obviously really concerning. The Thunder and the Jazz. Utah are two and a half point favorites, which seems an odd line to me. Poku is out still for the Thunder. Michael Potter is out for the Jazz. What Colin Sexton... I don't know whether he's going to play. Sexton did participate in the skills challenge. Does the skills challenge prohibit him? Does playing in the skills challenge mean he's definitely going to play first game back? 
I don't think so. It obviously increases his odds of that. And if Sexton is out, we'd be looking very heavily at Taylor Horton Tucker. But we don't have an update on Sexo just yet. For the Thunder, I want to see what they do with Dario Saric, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Pig Williams. If Saric gets 25 minutes a night, I would consider him a 12-team league option. At the moment, he's like a 14 to 16-team league guy. And then Lou Dort is a 12-team points, but not a 12-team category league guy. Do they continue to marginalize him, though? Because we've seen that his production hasn't been particularly strong. They are leaning more into Jalen Williams over Lou Dort. You get some of those minutes sometimes for Trey Mann, sometimes for Wiggins, sometimes for Isaiah Joe. So watching Lou Dort's role is interesting. On Utah, I want to see what they do with Taylor Horton Tucker because if Sexton is out, we're going to get big stuff from him. But Horton Tucker went 27 minutes, 27 minutes with Sexton, then 19 minutes, and that looked bad. And then Sexton went out, he played 32. So there is still a path for him to play 27 a night, even if Sexo is healthy. So I think Horton Tucker's worth having. And then for those of you in deep leagues, Damo Jones. I think he's taken over that job from Yudoka as a UK really quickly. And if you're in a 20-teamer, 30-teamer, you want to add Damian Jones. The Warriors and the Lakers. The Lakers are four and a half point favorites here. We did get an update on Steph Curry. He's going to be out at least another week with that leg injury. We know Gaz Payton remains out. Iguodala will be out. And Andy Wiggins. We hope everything's okay with Wigo because he had some personal issues before the break, but he's still not certain to return. He's not practicing. He's listed questionable with personal reasons. Now, this is the first game of a back-to-back for the Warriors. So you're going to have to wait and see what they do with Clay. Remember, Clay played the back-to-back before the break, but Kerr also said after that game, yeah, it helps that he had nine days off after. So does Clay Thompson play in the back-to-back Thursday, Friday? Hmm. I'd be very intrigued and honestly, a little bit surprised if he does. On the Lakers, I don't think it's officially been listed this way, but I'm going to have LeBron as questionable, either with that ankle or the fact that he hurt his hand in the All-Star game. And then you're going to have Anthony Davis pop up as probable, as we always do. For the Warriors, in terms of what we're watching, it's Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu who with Steph out and maybe Wiggins out is going to be usable at least until those guys return. And then Kevon Looney, who's getting massive field goals and massive rebounds and some okay out of position assists. His value does fluctuate because his minutes fluctuate so much, but we're watching to see if he can establish 25 plus minutes. On the Lakers, I want to see these guys, Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, who are going to remain in the starting lineup. Does that mean they're must roster players? Not necessarily. I would have Vanderbilt over Beasley. They're both streamable options. They're both maybe 12 team league guys. But I don't think they are, because they're still they're going to give minutes to Troy Brown and to Rui Hachimura and to Dennis Schroeder, and all that impacts the value and upside of Vanderbilt and Beasley. And of course, playing alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis does impact them as well in terms of the amount of touches or rebounds or, or even minutes that they end up playing. The Blazers and the Kings. There's no Nurkic, no Simons, who's going to be out for a long time. And still no Justice Winslow, who's been out since before Christmas with the same injury Simons has got. And then uh, Igu... I just completely forgot this guy's name. Budgie. Igu Budgie, isn't it? Why have I completely just forgotten that? Ibu. Ibu Budgie. My my bad, Ibu. Ibu Budgie is questionable still. While Malik Monk is probable and he's going to play. Jeremy Grant will also return for Portland. So we want to see what the hell happens with Simons out. Do they start Sharp and Thibel? Do they start Reddish and Thibel? They started Reddish and Thibel last game, but that was with Grant out. So does Reddish scale down to the two? I I want to see this. I think that Sharp is an add over Reddish, but Sharp played 28 minutes last game. Reddish played 33. That's worth noting. They both could have 12-team stream value, and I don't think either of them are must-add guys, but we want to see how that all breaks down between them. Well, for Sacramento, Keegan Murray. To me, it's just get me some consistency, my guy, or do something that's not threes. And we know that his production is all over the shop. 33, 32, 35 minutes, 
and then 26 and 21. Because if he doesn't shoot it, he'll get benched. Simple as that. And with Malik Monk playing well and Terrence Davis always available to put up good numbers, they don't need to play him. So let's watch Murray. I don't think he's a must-roster player. I don't think Monk is either, but Monk's at least trending upwards while Murray's trending downwards at the moment. Let's look at some streaming options for the Thursday, Friday back-to-back. We've got the Warriors there with Looney and DiVincenzo. You've got the Kings with Malik Monk. Isaac Okoro is also worth a stream. Jermichael Green's been playing okay, at least getting minutes, so that makes him a stream for the Warriors. Lou Dort and Isaiah Joe and Pig Williams and throw Dario Saric in that mix as well, if he even plays because of the ACL. But there are those three guys from the Thunder. So Looney, DiVincenzo, Monk, Okoro, Jermichael Green, Lou Dort, Isaiah Joe, and Pig Williams as streamers for the Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. We're streaming just for Thursday. Um, you do have the painter Matisse Thibel, who's probably going to get 30 minutes and be a steals and blocks guy with nothing else. If you get anything else, it's a complete bonus. Understand that. Kevon Looney's a good uh, category league streamer. Killian Hayes is available in a lot of spots. I know he's going to hurt your field goals, but assists are impossible, and he gets them. And there's steals as well there. He's a solid rebounder too. Drew Eubanks will get another start, maybe 30 minutes, maybe two blocks. That's good enough to be a 12-team league option. DiVincenzo's on that list. Malik Monk's on that list. Larry Nance, I wouldn't say he's a must-roster guy, but absolutely there's good stream value. Same with Shaden Sharp uh, for category leagues. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% plus. You've got Aaron Neesmith, Dwight Powell, Okoro, Keita Bates-Diop with all the injuries in San Antonio. Injuries. Isaiah Joe, Jermichael Green, Reggie Block, and Xavier T. Illman. For points league streaming, these guys are all available in 40% plus of leagues. Zach Collins, Killian Hayes, Kevon Looney, Brandon Clark, Isaiah Stewart, Jared Vanderbilt, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Shaden Sharp. All of those guys are not out of place on a 12-team roster. And now we look at the last four days of this week. Week 18, week 19, depending on where you live. These guys, these are all guys, the top seven names here are guys that you should roster, irrespective of schedule. They're all top 100 over this four-day period per game. Brandon Clark, Yep, I think he is worth having. Zach Collins, absolutely. Kyle Anderson, yes. Matisse Thibel, if it fits you, yes. Daniel Gafford, yes, I do believe so. Killian Hayes and Drew Eubanks. All those guys have got at least what top 100 value, higher in certain punt builds over the next four days. And then you look at Dante DiVincenzo, who gets there with his volume, three games in the next four nights. We've got quite a few teams who have a three game in four night to end this week. The Warriors, the Kings, the Cavs, the Thunder, the Raptors, and the Nuggets. So, you know, Keegan Murray, while he's not producing well, him and Malik Monk value three games in four nights. The Cavs, yeah, not, maybe not many guys there with like a Coro and Green seeing their production slash, but it gives Laverta a boost. OKC, Yasharic, I don't think he plays three. He probably plays two, but Pig Williams is there. Lou Dort gets a bit of a boost in that situation. Um, Denver, you've got Bruce Brown and Chanchar. They might have a boost there. Toronto, um, yeah, maybe Achua is worth holding for the three games in four nights and he plays 22 a night. 66 minutes over four nights with one ad, not bad. And that's the way you should be approaching everything, transitioning your thought process into that come fantasy playoffs. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.